0: Andrew, first of all, I want to thank you so much for allowing me to just get to visit with you about your story when it comes to real estate and how it's changed your life. Because if anybody's life has been changed positively from owning and being in the real estate field, it's been you. I mean, you got some really good stories about how, A, you got started, your journey, maybe some bumps. But I think you look at your bumps with a lot of wisdom. Instead of like push pulling the ripcord and say I'm out like you you saw the long vision which is I think important in real estate and then you're in the business too you're you're mortgage uh, lender and you know how to finance these things and you've done some pretty neat creative stuff in that regard too that I think we'll we'll want to touch later maybe on another episode but today I would love the opportunity for you just to share your story about how you started why you started and. Your fears, your your experiences, you know all the all the stuff that everybody wants to know. That's not doing it right now, and and you know I like talking to honest people, and I'm, you're an honest guy when it comes to your story. So tell us about who you are first, and then kind of, and let's jump into it.
1: All right, thanks, Kyle. Thanks for having me first. Yeah. it's an honor for me to be here, of course. Yeah. So I've been in real estate investing for 22 years now, mm-hmm. and uh, so I've invested during 9/11. Mm-hmm. I invested, bought houses. I invested during the housing crisis. I'm investing now. I am a lender. The mm-hmm. l- Being a lender has helped me become a real estate investor mm-hmm. to a better one. But how I got started when I grew up as a kid, uh, you know, it was like the tale of two fathers. Mm-hmm. It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Not really it was the best of times and it's still a pretty good uh, time Mm -hmm. over here too so my dad uh, was an experimental electrical engineer we traveled around the country did all these crazy projects like one of them he worked on floating nuclear power plants and even to this day he's like it would have worked you know um that's just my dad so we moved around a lot and at the time if you moved we sold our home Mm -hmm. to buy the next one makes sense yeah my uncle though he moved around too except he kept his homes now, as a young kid, there wasn't much difference between us and them. I would right. go to my uncle's house, and all right, he was a little bit better off. But as I got older, the gap between us got bigger, bigger and bigger. I, I can imagine. Now that, yeah, now that my dad is retired, and my uncle is retired, my uncle has a significantly different life. And that's where I got my inclination to even get started in real estate, was from my uncle. I saw what he had and I was like, I think that's the direction I wanna go. And Kyle, he retired with seven, seven properties.
0: Yeah, it's amazing what, it doesn't have to be a huge number. No. But uh, yeah, that's amazing. It's it's great to have that opportunity to see that and see it in real life and how it, how it works in somebody's life. Cause a lot of people don't have that example in their life.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I had a very loving family. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents were great. But nobody told them any different. They, mm-hmm. hey, just go to your corporate job and work it, and you'll be okay. And that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. When my dad retired, he's an average retired person. And right now, an average retired person between 55 and 65 has about 90,000 in their savings for retirement. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. Yeah. You've got to do something else. You've got to. So what'd you do? Well, when I got out of the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. I went to college, and I bought my first home. It was a $50,000 three-bedroom, one-bath home. And it's kind of crazy for me to think about my real estate agent at the time. It was just like a TV show. He showed me three houses and told me to pick one. The price point was so low for him. He's like, this is barely worth my time I'm not yeah. any money on you. Um, so three houses and then we're done. And mm-hmm. that was fine. I chose the one house that gave me a down payment assistance program. That's how I chose. So I, even then, I was a college student. I had a part-time job not enough money to purchase a home without help from the government. And I used a down payment program to get to my first home on a low rate. And I house hacked it. I rented out one room for half the mortgage and the other room for half the mortgage. And I lived rent-free, yeah. housing-free. I,
0: I did a very similar story with a duplex. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then after I graduated college, I, re- I kept renting out the home. Mm. And then I sold it several years later and bought more real estate with the proceeds. Mm-hmm. And that's how I leveraged one home to buy many.
0: Now, were you astute enough yet to know about 1031 exchanges?
1: No, no. It was my own primary home
0: too. So, Oh, yeah. Okay. So you got the tax-free. Mm-hmm. Two yeah. out of the past five. Yep, yep. Yeah.
1: And I think, I mean, I thought what was crazy. The person who bought it from me bought it as a cash-out purchase, not a cash-out refund, this is during the, you know, before, so it's the, yeah, 06. So he bought it and got money back. (laughs) and he went and bought more houses too. So he was a real estate investor Mm -hmm. as well, and he still owns it to this day, renting it, but I used that money, tax-free money, Mm -hmm. and leveraged it for more. So what'd you buy? So the next home that I purchased I purchased a townhouse in Jacksonville, Florida. In this townhouse, my wife and I, we went there. This was oh seven. We went toward the properties and they were asking 175 for this, these townhouses, you know? And they were nice. We're like, eh, not if we think we'll we'll pass. So the next year, oh eight, when everything started getting crazy, mm-hmm. they called us, like, hey, financing fell through on one of our homes. Shocker. Uh, would you like to look at? We show, we show you were interested the year before. Would you like to come look at it for 135? And we went back. back. Yeah. And my wife and I, we I distinctly remember us saying, you know, house prices are going down, but they won't go down much further. Right? Wrong. Wrong. So wrong. But, we bought that home not with the intent to flip it or to do anything with it except to purchase it as a rental. Mm-hmm. So it was a zero down, seven percent interest rate in a homeowners association in 08. Like could I have done anything else more wrong than yeah. this property? I did almost everything wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a two-bedroom, two and a half bath home, but you know, it's fine. It's always rented. I never lost anything on that home. Even though for five years I was just hammered with the depreciation of the asset i couldn't refinance out of the seven percent it was upset i couldn't sell it because yeah, i was yeah. upside down and now all of that was okay because the math we did in the beginning was like hey we're going to lose like 50 bucks 100 bucks a month but at the end we'll have a hundred thousand mm-hmm. so this year kyle is the year i'm selling it and we're going to clear like 128 on it so for 15 years i've had it as a rental i came out of pocket zero to buy it and I'm going to clear it off to go buy two more rental properties. Nice. I'm still leveraging my own homes to buy more investment properties. Right.
0: Trade it up. The monopoly business model. That's it, man. Combine so, along
1: to Big Red Hotel.
0: So, um, you, I mean, you, you got hammered on the value. And, that, oh, yeah. and that's where everybody says, well, no, I'm not going to buy right now because next year things are going to be the buying opportunity. And, and nobody has a crystal ball. And even if you know, three years ago, three years in the future, it does go down, that down might still be higher than where we're at now. So nobody has a crystal ball. So looking back, I mean, even though the value went down significantly, it was still a great, great opportunity for you because you got you in the game. You got all the benefits of owning, you know, taxes, principal pay down, cash flow. You have, it, right? Is that kind of how the story goes?
1: Yeah, man. This is not a get rich quick scheme. That's not what real estate is. Yeah. This is long-term and and you're in this business too, right? Mm-hmm. Every successful real estate investor we know lives slightly beneath their means, maybe even mm-hmm. greater beneath yeah. their means, because all we need to do is just not mess up the plan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Buy real estate, hold it for a long time and be a multimillionaire. Just yeah. don't screw that up and you'll be mm-hmm. okay.
0: Yeah, that delayed gratification is the biggest piece of the puzzle because it's so easy to want to go do something with that. If you sold that first house, Tax free. You're like, hey, I got some good money here. That car looks pretty nice. Like, I, that whole delayed gratification, if you can conquer that piece of human nature, you can win really easily.
1: I have a feeling like if somebody is here watching this broadcast, they're here for a reason. Like, Mm -hmm. a person who's not thinking about what you just mentioned is not here. Mm -hmm. They're not having a great time. Yeah. So if you're here, and this is something that you're feeling. That's, that's the promise that's already there. You can do this too. Just listen to things like this. Because for us, early in our career, we didn't have nothing like this. There was nothing. nothing. We had to learn it on our own and make all these mistakes. You're still going to make some mistakes, but they're going to be significantly smaller than what we did.
0: And you're going to be just fine. Yeah. So did you have anybody tell you you were making a mistake? No. You didn't? I mean,
1: no, there, there was nobody even, there was nobody even asked. Mm-hmm. Kyle, there was nobody there. I went to the library and checked out a book. It was eight years old. It was already outdated. Mm-hmm. Like I had nothing to go off of. I remember I called around like real estate company. Really? And they was, oh yeah, we you can invest in real estate with us. Cool. How, how much does it cost? quarter of a million? I'm like, well, who's got a quarter of a million dollars laying around? Mm-hmm. And some people do. The way that I got started was with hardly any money because mm-hmm. that's all the money I had. Yeah. And my risk was lower
0: too. So I started small. That's the only thing I could afford. So, what advice would you have to somebody that was starting out? It sounds like you kind of have already given some of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, sometimes, I mean, this is a broad audience, right? So, oh, yeah. a, anybody everybody's wants to list.
0: listen to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: If you don't own real estate, the place I might suggest for you to think about starting is your own primary home. Because mm-hmm. if you don't own real estate, you don't even know if this is something you're going to like. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you hate it? Well, start with your primary house first. That'll at least get you some understanding about real estate in a Different way. Mm -hmm. And if you do own your primary home, look at the returns on your stocks, your 401ks, and how volatile it is. You've seen what your house can do. If you own your home already, you've seen how much it appreciated. So multiply that by 10 or 15. And you tell me if you want to get into real estate. Mm -hmm. That's the answer.
0: And income tax return time. It's nice to be able to get a little little back from Uncle Sam when you when you pay rent, you don't get it. It's gone.
1: 20 something years. I've been investing in real estate. Mm -hmm. I've never paid a cent of income tax on my rental properties. They're great tax Mm -hmm. deductible assets. Mm -hmm. So it's an amazing platform to really multiply your dividends
0: on it. So tell me about maybe so real estate has impacted your life. And I would say positively from what I'm hearing. What way, like we saw how your uncle's financial life was impacted versus your father's? Like do you feel that you are less scared about the future than maybe somebody else your age? Or do you feel, how do you think real estate's really impacted you as far as your your life?
1: There's a lot of things to this mm. answer, right? So there's, to me, I, you know, I'm a Marine. There's a lot of military people that have a hard time mm. mentally. So the financial piece of the puzzle here is a small piece. I still got to have a good spirit and be healthy up here, mm. you know, and have a good relationship with my family. Like those things are still required. And if you Mm. become extraordinarily successful in real estate and your family's dysfunctional, real estate's not going to solve that. It might make your family more dysfunctional. So part of this is a holistic way of looking at it. It sounds weird, but having money doesn't solve all of your problems, but it does solve a lot of them, Mm -hmm. especially the worrisome ones like the bills and what am I going to do? You know Those things, it does help you feel more comfortable to tackle the higher level things that we need to Address in our social and mental states, so it's given me some stress less days. They're yeah. not stress free, and it's hard being at this level. It is like I'm always in demand and always being pulled from, and no matter how much my property manager manages my properties, yeah. I'm still needed. I'm Absolutely. still needed.
0: Yeah, it's so a partnership.
1: Being wealthy is kind of hard, mm-hmm. but so is being poor. Mm-hmm. So if being poor is hard, and being wealthy is hard. Just choose which hard you want. Yeah. Because one has a significantly higher uh, ceiling than the other. So it has helped me financially, but it's also given me the ability to tackle these other things that are, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, sure. the higher triangle, like oh, yeah. the things I can't describe, those yeah. have been reachable because the bottom levels of needs have been satisfied. Right.
0: right. So you, you've got a, a good number of years of real estate behind you. What are you doing now in real estate? What what is it that you're looking for in your investments now? Has it changed much since from earlier? And if so, how? And are you buying mansions? or Are you buying like you know blue collar homes? What are you What are you doing?
1: Yeah. So when I first the first you know, hey, I bought my first one was fifty grand. Mm -hmm. My next one's one thirty five. My next one was thirty thousand. The one after that was thirty thousand. So all of my homes in the beginning were very entry level homes. They taught me a lot. I don't own any more thirty thousand dollar homes anymore. So what I've been doing through the years. Is selling one home to buy two, or selling one home to upgrade the asset to a more profitable right. asset? And I'm at, at this plateau where, in our market, we're in Dallas Fort Worth, mm-hmm. so we know that a three bedroom, two bath home under three hundred thousand is a pretty good rental.
0: Yeah,
1: and that's the target acquisition level that we want to have. The piece of the puzzle that I'm doing now is I'm still upgrading my properties, but like I own one that's built in 1928 it, and it's a three, one it's 1928 home always has issues. Yeah. So I'm going to sell that one this year and buy two more. So early on, the first home was really hard, Kyle. Second home was hard. The third home, man, they were all, but eventually I got a lot easier, like around seven or eight or nine, the engine starts feeding itself. It does. And now I'm selling two homes this year to buy four. And in five years, I'll sell those four homes to
0: buy eight. So every five years now, I'm doubling my properties. And that's using the money from real estate. That's not, that's not necessarily putting money into real estate. So that, that first house fed the machine that kept going. And I think that's where some people get confused and like your 401k, you're putting money in every single paycheck. And in real estate, if you play your cards right, yeah, there's an, there's some investment, but it, your investment pays for your investments going forward, which is very unique out there. It's like owning a business, but it's, it's a little less stressful, more predictable.
1: It's an old joke, but you know, how do you make a million dollars by spending 2 million? Yeah, We don't do that on real estate. We spend a very little amount and then wait, and then we make huge amounts. Right. So I'm still using that same formula. I just got to stay on track. Don't ruin the plan. I'm gonna be extraordinarily well off at the end of the game.
0: Yeah. So what's the end of the game look like for you?
1: So at 60, I'll be selling 16 homes a year mm-hmm. for five years. I'll be making 1.6 million a year when I pass. All of my family will get a house. Nice. That's already I've already got, you know, it's already mapped out. Mm-hmm. And you know, things change. Yeah. But uh let's say i don't make 1.6 i only make one
0: uh poor me yeah well think, you shoot for the stars it, you, you or moon you end up with the stars so yeah,
1: yeah. i think everything is going to be fine as long and, and i'm a regular job right i have my regular job i'm not quitting my job i have satisfaction in my job mm-hmm. and there's plenty of clients that i i have too kyle they are they're like some of them work for charities they make 50 60,000 a year and they have several rental properties so it's not like real estate solves these things that we have like if you don't have job satisfaction get a good job that you like and then do real estate on the yeah. side and you can still be very very successful just doing
0: that i've got see, a good number of clients that have multiple real houses that were there's a school teacher yeah. you know and it's not you don't have to be wealthy to start you get wealthy from starting and you know Getting that first house and just like you said, house hacking it and then move on to the next one and kind of just keeping it. And, you know, I love the what you were talking about, you know, giving a house to each person in your family when you pass. That makes a huge impact on somebody other than just giving them a check for whatever your state says. Like that could be life changing. Cause I've got a client or I had a client who passed away from pancreatic cancer. And he left his his properties in a trust for his two daughters, and he didn't just give the money; he gave them an income source for however long, for forever, I guess. And um, that I think makes a huge impact on somebody. So I know his daughters have less stress in their lives as a result of having that. Direct deposit, hit their bank account every month. So I think there's a yeah. lot of a lot of there's a lot of things that are beyond us that we get to do with real estate. And you know, I've got my things that I want to do. And so I think that having that real estate allows you to do things that you wouldn't have done otherwise, especially on the fr- flexibility of retirement. Like you're gonna have a little bit more freedom. You get to go to Cabo more often. That's right, man. Yeah.
1: And it's not just a little bit more freedom. Like it seems a little bit in the beginning, mm-hmm. but after a while, that gap just gets
0: huge at yeah. the end. It's, it's just a such- snowball. Yep. What would you say about your education on learning how to do more real estate better? You know, we mm-hmm. talking about we kind of talked about barbecue, and a lot of people don't think of barbecue as real estate, but I've seen that as a commonality with a lot of real estate investors. I don't know why. I just see it. I see it with Tim Heritage. I see it with you. I see it with Joe Fineri, which we'll get on him, get him in here too later. And me, like, tell us about how you continue learning about real estate networking
1: we can't go to college for this man there's Mm -hmm. no school for this you can only go out there and do it yeah so the first 10 years or so when i was doing that you know i'm in the desert there's nobody to help like i said i tried everything i could to learn from somebody and there wasn't there and then the internet got really good it got a lot more informative and user friendly and now there's all these networking groups that are around and some of them, you don't even have to be in person. They're online. Reaching out to other real estate investors to learn what they're doing, that's what got me better. Mm-hmm. That's what got me much better. At my job as a loan officer, I worked for a broker for a while. That also helped too. So being in the industry does help as well. But the first time that I went to a real estate group and they were doing what I was already doing, except I was kind of struggling with it, mm-hmm. but they were doing it well. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, Give me time. Talk to me about this some more. And that's why it's so important for us to network with each other, lean on each other, share stories about what we're doing, even if it's not the same exact story for each of us. We're all different. We still learn and get better. That's the only way I know yeah. how to do it is by other people's examples.
0: And I think that's a good, a good point you bring up, is everybody's a little different. I think people have in their head that being a real estate investor is this, it's one thing. And that's, you know, buy the rent house and hold it and buy a rent house and hold it. But there are so many facets of real estate that people just aren't even aware of. Like the group that, that we I look forward to it every month. Like get, uh, And I hate that I missed this month because I was, I, was, I was in California. I had a great time, but I missed out. But um, we get together once a month, get barbecue. Everybody at that table has a very different business model. I mean, there's usually seven to nine, 10 of us, sometimes low would be six. Every one of us has a different business model, completely different business model, but I've learned something from every single person at that table, whether it's how they acquire property, how they finance property. And there's a lot of different ways to finance property, which I want to have you back again in the future to talk about what you're able to do on your side as far as financing. Because I think it's very valuable because I mean, you're one of the top guys in the country. I know you're humble about that, but then you're also a big speaker on financing. So I think it'll be great to have you on for that. But just sitting around the table, and listen to somebody do owner financing and uh, subject twos and wholesale deals and buying distress and fixing them up. You know, there's, there's a lot of that and there's, you know, some risk and rewards in that. And then there's people that just buy brand new spanking houses and just sit on them. So there's just a lot of different people and you learn from every single person that you hang out with. So yep. I appreciate funny. you putting that group together too.
1: No problem, man. Yeah. It's a great group. And that's why these kind of podcasts are so mm-hmm. important too, because now now you can be doing your laundry or on the treadmill job, or out man. running listening to this and getting smarter. You can be multitasking when you don't even need to be multitasking, but you're getting smarter and better at real estate. It's yep. a it's a really important facet of it.
0: So, and then you're talking about the websites out there and i found one that I really have seen a lot of value in is bigger pockets. I've seen you on there a lot. So that's been a really good resource. I know a lot of our clients come from there because that's how they they realize they, they research their market and they don't live where they invest, but they invest Where's the best place? And that's how we end up with a lot of our clients are because they realize DFW is a good good place. And and I see you on a lot answering a lot of people's pretty in depth questions. Like you you put out a lot of good content out there. So that's a good place to research.
1: Yeah, if you're new, that's a great site
0: to be on. Absolutely. Yeah. What are what are some books that that you feel are good starter books for somebody?
1: Kyle, I don't know if I should admit this. I've never read a book. There you go. No, admit it. That's the whole point. Yeah. yeah. The first time uh, I think I shared, I went to the library and I checked out a book, and I, I put I was like this. That's the only time I even tried to read a book. Mm-hmm. So somebody said, Man, you, your uncle thing." That's like Rich Dad Poor Dad. I'm like, "Oh, that sounds cool. I've never read that. It's I've never read any of those things." Rich so. Uncle
0: poor, poor Dad. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's it, whatever. But it's like Rich Uncle and yeah. being okay father. You know, mm-hmm. he's still fine. But um yeah, I've ne- I've never read anything. I'm, I'm a, I that's me. Okay, mm-hmm. so for me, I'm a learn by doing type of person, yeah. and that's. How I have been successful.
0: Cool. That's great. Well, man, I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience and your, your story, especially because I think there's a lot of value in the, Hey, you bought something and it went way down. But you didn't lose money. And I think that's mind blowing to some people. And I think that's a, an amazing story to be able to say that, hey, that house is buying two houses this year with the equity and you're just going to snowball it. So I, I really appreciate you coming on and explaining kind of your story and, and where what your plans are. I love the way you have it all figured out. Like you've got your life planned out way better than I do. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I love that you'd come on and share and you're an open book. So if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, because yeah. Because you're in the industry and you're, you're a mortgage guy. So how would they get a hold of you?
1: Okay. Yep. So my full name is Andrew Postell, P-O-S-T-E-L-L. You can Google me. I work for Guaranteed Rate. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. You can reach out to me in any way. My personal direct phone number,
0: 817-380-1913. Call me anytime. Here to help. Great. And I will give you a plug. I had somebody, a family member come to me and say, hey, we need to help our friend get financing for something that we don't think they'll be able to afford anymore because they had some health issues, some job issues, good people, had income, but whatever, life hit them. And uh, I, I was like, I don't know how to get that financed for you, but Andrew will know the answer if it's possible. And then come to find out you, you did the deal. I was, I was very proud. And I appreciate you helping out my, my family, friends on that.
1: Thanks for even thinking of me, man. Yeah. That
0: means a lot to me. Of appreciate course. you. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, I'll, I'll be seeing you in the next couple of days anyway, because we always network. That's right. All right. Take it easy. Thank you. See you, man. All right. Bye.